American Criminal is a new true crime podcast from the studio behind American Scandal and American History Tellers. Every week, you'll fall deeper into the riveting stories of the country's most clever, craven, and cruel criminals. Fraud, theft, murder, and worse. Whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the whole story until now. The debut season tackles one of the most sensational cases of the 20th century, the Menendez murders. In 1989, young Lyle and Eric Menendez brutally shot their own parents. Prosecutors and the press said it was a multi-million dollar inheritance that led two greedy rich kids to murder. But the picture-perfect facade this Hollywood family built hid troubling abuse. Could these teenagers have been driven to kill? Or was it even in self-defense? Listen now. Go to AmericanCriminal.com or search for and follow American Criminal wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, Megaphone. Ooh, hello, anywhere podcasts are sold. Guys. Oh, more than Megaphone. It's on Spotify. It's on Apple Podcasts. Does this mean we have to change the intro? I don't think so. Hello, Hello Megaphone! megaphone. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. No, Anything goes on the podcast. Yeah. Are we recording yet? Are we allowed to swear? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, naked ladies in the building. Oh, wish you guys could see what we're seeing. <laughs> Traffic on the 405 is looking crazy. <laughs> We're gonna watch the Moon Knight episode two uh, today, and uh, yeah, we do. You know, we give our full. We got a reaction up on YouTube, <laughs> and <laughs> and then normally, uh, if you want to watch that, you can you can go over there and watch that. Um, but if you want the just the review portion, where right when we're done watching it, we talk a little bit during the credits. And of course, gather ourselves for approximately three hours, <sighs> and then we talk some more, mm. and that's what you're gonna get today. After this intro is done, we're going to be joined by our friend Koi Jandro. If you wanted to discern the voices, this is Greg's voice. I am John's voice. We do not have a sample of Koi's, but he's the fast talking guy. He's, he's the fast talking one, and uh, he has an Armenian accent. Yes, if your heart rate is high, Koi is talking. <laughs> so, guys, <laughs> keep uh, keep keep listening. Yep. Yeah. Hey. We're professionals. All right, guys, roll that intro, John. Yes, sir. I don't hear an intro. If you guys could see my expression, you would see disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) Use your imagination. (laughs) All right, let's go. So there is no opening credits. It's just the Marvel fanfare. That's There's right. no like title sequence. Yeah. Let's the show speak for itself. Yeah, I think it's the first Marvel show to do that. I think that before they shot anything, they got in a room and said, "Yeah, before we write this first episode, let's make a shot list of how many cool symbolic mirror moments we could have." <laughs> put each amount per episode. They're like, "We got to spread that out yeah. six. We have sixty shots. Let's do like ten an episode from here on out." Yeah. Minimum. That was the, the the most frequent note. Was just, "Can we get more mirrors in here? Can we get more reflective surfaces?" It's got more mirrors than I've got more more cracks on this one. Yeah, it's you know it's his inner turmoil gonna... externalized through the rage. I mean, it, it, he himself is breaking from 
within. We need to see <laughs> that crack in his psyche in this mirror. I mean, it's always beautiful to look at it, as much as I'm making a sarcastic little jest. It's always beautiful to look what at. What a it. show. It's amazing. And it's always used at the appropriate moments. I love the way they, like, locked off the camera when he's kicking the pyramid there. Like, you just get every impact of, mm -hmm. of the force of his anguish because like he's kicking himself in a way so it's like you get the feeling of you and the pov of being kicked absolutely i've also definitely met ethan hawk's character that's definitely he's doing such a good job with that like cult leader sensibility what the hell like, are you getting at here mccoy just said he's he part of a protagonist cult. yeah he's the good guy yeah. cults are good uh, post-credit scene credits that's my post-credit scene <laughs> look at all the straight face for that <laughs> we had it. I was like, I can't believe I brought this joke back. Yeah, because that's the joke we need to bring back. <laughs> that is the joke. <laughs> Commitment. The co-producer son. Danielle Mon holding it down. Oh, Sarah Haley Finn was a consulting producer on this one. She's a casting director. That's interesting. I'm glad they gave her more power. She's really helped shape this universe. She should get more credit. Set design. <gasps> wow. There were VFX in the show? Oh, that was all practical. I'm going to work on the mirror. <laughs> there a mirror, mirror section? <laughs> the the mirror senior, wrangler. senior mirror wrangler. Mirror fabricator. <laughs> Behind the scenes, you're going to see like a bunch of grips of prop people being like, we use like 48 mirrors per episode on the show. The most mirror budget of the show is most insane. Most mirrors used ever in a show ever. We actually have the actor stand to the left of camera and we shoot into a mirror to catch the performance. That's actually Oscar Isaac's face the other way. Yeah. yeah. The reason he looks strange. Everything's flipped in the show. What? Uh, still going with this, this credits joke. I'm, I'm here. You, you sound really over it. I am. Now we're here. We gotta commit to it. We haven't even gotten to the. the... Let me see. If there's a post credit scene. I want to see who dubbed scene? this in Brazil. <laughs> I don't think there's. Okay. <laughs> Mirrorist. Yes. Good job. It's important. Yes. This is a choice. <laughs> this is a truly a choice. It's worth the hour. <laughs> just play credits at me. I mean, just talk about it. Let's just take experience the credits. It should be the end of all our videos. Oh, Us watching the credits. <laughs> the That's end. the reaction. That should be the end of the video. Encourage more people. <laughs> no. Appreciate all the people's That's time true. and efforts that go in. I didn't realize I have that little... Yeah, uh, it's a thing in the first one, too. Oh, I like cool. that. Yeah. I ignore my mental... Health? You see, people say mental health, and that always sounds negative. It's like, you say mental health, it's like, that's something that needs to be worked on. Okay. Just mental state. Is it healthy? Is it not healthy? But Physical the, state. Is it healthy? Is it not wouldn't healthy? Wouldn't you say your mental health does always need to be worked on? Of Isn't course, that like that's not what I'm, I'm saying. That saying like, nine times out of ten when someone says mental health, oh, it's got the associate, yeah, the connotation is you need to work on your problem <laughs> right right as opposed like to your you mental health should always be addressed it mental be... health should just be a category of like health. Know, is it healthy or not healthy well yeah. you know here in america we're just learning about mental health so obviously we're only going to talk about it when it's a problem i don't need to work just on it. looking into it yeah, my mental state is at a great health always always at a healthy all-time high all right guys let's review this let's all right i like i like the order last time Please. Take over my body. 
I th I I'm just uh, dazzled. I I'm I'm really enjoying the evolution of this show, and I appreciated in this episode how much they really clung to and drove home. I feel like there could have been too much of the Stephen and Mark debate, but I really love how throughout this episode you have that at play. As the end comes up, Stephen actually gets a few licks in. He's kind of feeling it. He's coming around to the life that he has been plopped into but then ultimately does give over control to Mark, and it's the beginning of what I would imagine could be some kind of interplay that's a little more amicable between the two, or at least a little more lucid between the two. Just even more of that dynamic between him and Ethan Hawke from the last episode to this episode, like, I really cannot say enough about just how much I'm enjoying this thus far. And two, I mean, what, what uh, crap, I'm blanking on her name, but, you know, the, the addition of, uh, of... Layla, there you go. Do -do 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 -do. Uh, you know. He reads the comics. I mean, honestly, expert writes the comics. <laughs> I didn't ask for this. <laughs> I'm just gonna go on record right now. <laughs> like a John episode five, he's like, I'm not the one who said <laughs> Just take the body, guys. <laughs> Put me in the reflection and I'll just be quiet. But no, yeah. Comic John doesn't have a mustache though. I just picture like Comic John's the exact same, but like mustacheless. Mm -hmm. And then I got white chaps on. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. My, that's my outfit and a big whip. Uh, but yeah, no, no, no. I, I, I like uh, how this is sort of gradually growing. You get that pitch of Fight Club meets Indiana Jones. And, you know, I feel like it's getting to that, but it's taking its time. It's growing gradually. It's doing that with a lot of thrilling and tense action and stuff like that. Like that and one thing that struck me in this episode was out of a lot of the Marvel stuff this has a better grasp on humor circa character perspective rather than let's pepper in a joke that someone wrote as punch-up or something like that like you said that 90s action fantasy horror vibe where yeah it's, it's, he's a fish out of water so of course there's gonna be some humor that comes with that and I appreciate that that levity is able to balance off against what could potentially be one of the more cultish sort of darker corners of the MCU thus far so I think the end of days flavor really works for this and I wouldn't have expected that if you told me it was a 90s horror thriller type show I'd have been like that's like what you you clarified twice because for some reason that connotation is like a, a demerit but in this case yeah. it's really not like it's a very positive it's like a, thing. It's like a, when you watch one of those from the 90s you're like that shit's good. Yeah you go back yeah. and you're like Dark City's great. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like Spawn Director's Cut isn't as bad as the theatrical cut. <laughs> yeah. But like the faculty <laughs> Final Destination yeah. like there's there's a great genre Crow. of Crow. Um, yeah I mean yeah. But I, I think that really works with what you're saying with the humor sensibilities is that since Moon Knight is a funny character, but he's not Spider-Man. Moon Knight is a funny character, but he's not She-Hulk. There's different types of humor to make these characters work. And this one does feel very authentic to not only the show, but to what I sense of the character. And it doesn't feel like it's like, oh, it's been dark for a while, make a joke. It's, this is something this character would actually do. I never would have imagined Mr. Knight this early, nor would I have imagined Mr. Knight rolling up his sleeves to be for comedic effect. Because when we all saw that Mr. Knight poster with the sleeves rolled up, we were like, oh, badass. And then they used it comedically and it worked really well. So I, I really enjoy the fact that that costume could be 
the badass suit, or it could be what happened where it's like, I need a suit. Like it's in universe humor that's landing really well. To me so far, the moments between Steven and Mark are in this episode, the most accurate how the comic felt to me. But like the scenes of them talking and interacting and fighting for control. There was a few moments where I like, I could almost see the square panels, not speech bubble panels, but the square panels that Moon Knight uses to like keep everything going. The narration panels. Yeah, so I felt the narration panels happening in real time. And this episode, maybe more than the first one, felt like a comic. The sweeping shot where Khonshu moved three times felt like a pop, pop, pop panel from a book where it'd be yes. like, he's here, he's here, he's here. Like it's, it's overused. It's a trope, but like a comic come to life in so many ways. Like, it's so pretty. A living comic A living comic. I, in I, the immortal words of Joel Schumacher. It's very good. It might it might overtake Loki if it gets six to landing. I'm going to say it again. What do you got? For the third portion, we both have to do the slow. Oh, okay, Ryan. I choose Koi. <laughs> uh, naturally. <laughs> what do you think? I uh, it, it lost me. I'm not a fan anymore. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, all trash. Mm. Your friends directed this? Yeah. I'm like so proud of them. Crap directors. I'm going to tell them. Just saying. Crap. Guys. Utter crap. You guys suck. <laughs> no, this is this is some of my favorite uh, so far. I love how it's not even acknowledged the MCU. Like it hasn't even done any of that, right? Which for some people automatically means it's good. Uh, for, for me, I think it's cool because it really makes it its own thing. Like we've, we've talked a lot about different genres that it's sort of implemented here throughout. I was even getting vibes of like the movie Ghost in, in a lot of ways, you know, like having, the, you've seen Ghost, yeah. right? We'll be using ghosts. Yes, the ghost in the pottery. Kicks the paper the subway station. That's some Swayze in the Swayze. Little bit of Swayze. This is why we decided not to film that episode three and four. But you did say R2, we're like, like this is not it. Little bit of what? Little bit of Swayze. But there are elements of ghosts in here. You know, sure. I think I think with the qual think about what do you mean sure? Watch me. I'm agreeing with Watch you. Watch me go. All right. I think there's shades of it. There are shades of like with Layla and Steven that kind of remind me of like Whoopi trying to communicate with Demi. And then also with like Steven going around, but he's got like a ghost following him around telling him what to do as well has that vibe but i think also even with mr knight they implemented like a tone and genre style that i just didn't expect it felt something almost akin to like a fred astaire movie in some ways <laughs> i loved how in that fight the way he is with his kind of suit and the way he moves around kind of like a dance out of like yeah. a 30s movie then when he's they're fighting the jackal the both of them the fact that they chose not to show the jackal it was working on so many levels for me if like it was like watching the because the suit kind of reminds you of like the invisible man for some reason mm -hmm. and then you're watching the invisible man fight something invisible <laughs> yes, and, and then the way they're moving around fighting it you're just watching the choreography of the stunt work it really gets the shine where usually if you can see the jackal yeah you're distracted might, by them you're distracted by the visuals around you and it made it work much stronger and you're also seeing it through the perspective of how everyone else is seeing like this weird chaos of like this is just a crazy man right this dude belongs in the loon bin you know that yeah. kind of vibe about it I, I thought it was really strong and the the layla relationship i i became more interested in her when she showed up and was whooping her ass. And I really liked the way Stephen Grant 
The way Stephen Grant has an affinity towards her is what was maybe lacking in the marriage between Mark Spector and her. Yeah. <laughs> you know what like I mean? A, a, yeah. yeah. And so I liked having that extra layer to establish with like, oh, maybe she might fall in love with Stephen, you know? I've also enjoyed that Mark's like not the greatest because like in the comic books, Mark Spector is kind of a dick because Moon Knight can be kind of a dick. So it was nice. Dracula, you nerd. Yeah, like that guy. Ugh, he owes me money. Yeah. So uh, I'm enjoying that we have uh, a very likable protagonist and an unlikable protagonist as one protagonist. Because, like, I see the need for Mark, but he's a Swiss Army knife. So far, I'm not like, oh, I'm, I'm supporting Mark. Like, I don't trust Mark Spector, and I like that. Because I, I'm rooting for our more squirrely guy because of how endearing he is. Whereas Mark, I was afraid would be more interesting and I'd be less interested in Steven and I'm not yet. They both serve a different like narrative purpose. And I was also telling John before, I really like that this show, as you said, isn't connected to the MCU because a lot of times, like once a comic gets into the hundreds, people are like, oh, I can't jump on. It's too intimidating. It's a new arc. You could show this to someone that's never seen a Marvel movie. And it's an approachable... You really can. You, people say one. that all the time about like every Marvel property now. But this, but one, this one, this one, you really this can. This is a new number one. <laughs> like, this is a new number one. I think it's I've, so true though. I've watched a few Marvels with my family and that is often a distinct barrier. And yeah. this is a show I've been sitting here going, I could easily put this on and everyone would have a fine time just like they did with Loki. <laughs> yeah. And Loki's got even way more of that sort of like, ah, the Marvel Universe, but, it, but it's doing it in a madcap way, whereas this is just very much focused on what it is and what it's doing. Yeah, it's got like that Mummy Returns vibe. Absolutely. Like, it's it's Mummy Returns more than Mummy, I would say. Yeah, in some ways. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I said at the top before the credits even happened that like this reminded me of Justin and Aaron's work before I knew this was one of their episodes because it's, it's half Muhammad, I believe is the name, uh, and then half Justin and Aaron. And I could tell some of their shots, but it works so well for this universe that it's kind of like what I wanted out of Edgar Wright's Ant-Man. Like oh, where it would be yeah. a stylized choice in the Marvel Universe. This felt like one of their movies while still working because Marvel let them and it still also feels like the first episode like the tonalities totally play here mm -hmm. for their universe and I'm excited for their Loki no even more their thing that they directed before was like uh, they good times they did good times yeah yeah yeah, yeah. they did uncut gems yeah 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 yep you really get that kind of like paranoia Tense. Yeah, yeah Adam Sandler everyone's really surprised gross. yeah yeah a lot of like F-words yeah. angry at each other I didn't think I'd like Sandler's conscious voice but it worked <laughs> Yeah. I'm Kashu. I am. Listen to me. I really also, it's a, it's just a tiny little moment, but I really love when Layla oh, actually. I like when. We're going to film the third one today. I can tell. Uh, <laughs> we're going to do it all in the sandbox. We're going to do it all in the It's good sweets. <laughs> I, it was a tiny, tiny, tiny little thing, but I really, it really struck me when Layla calls him Steven for the first time. She's accepting him. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love too that 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 how hard they make it, because he doesn't understand what's happening to him, and I like that it's really hard for him to get across what he's going through without being like. I don't think I have a split personality. <laughs> like, I believe the struggle in his being like so overwhelmed yeah. and perplexed, trying to communicate what is happening. Clearly, you know, the interplay of like, okay, Mark, just keep making whatever weird choice you want to make. And then finally it comes around to like, okay, maybe this is more than I bargained for, more than I gave it credit for, or something like that. You know? I also really like that I was reluctant for Mark to take over every time. And then at the end, when Mark did, it felt like the villain win winning a little bit. Like, when we lost Steven to him, I really liked that. I was like, no, 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 
we need the guy that's like less in control back. But we also see why we need Mark. And I love that last shot in Egypt. That to me with him sitting with the drink <sighs> looked like Mark Spector. Like it was cool to see like that's the comic to me. Well, and it makes me wonder then if the third episode is going to dive heavily into we're going to do much more Mark Spector's perspective. I think we're we're going to have him in Egypt and things like that, you know, and it's going to be like leaving off here. I really liked that, you know, he takes hold and those last final moments do give you a sense for him as a person. It felt like a strong character introduction so that now next time, yeah, we can really dive in and learn who he is and then have two fully formed characters in one body. Yeah. And that's some fucking acting, man. We said it in the last episode, but Oscar Isaac, every, his eyes, that, like, that there's argument. so many moments. The yes. cross talk in that argument, which is all editing, but still, like, is so good. Like, and I, I know that, that people, some people have problems with the accent. I love it because it distinguishes them so completely that they're literally in the same outfit. So it'd be really distracting if they sounded the same. And you also don't want something that's like, too similar and you you have such a dichotomy between these two characters it is two separate performances down to the mannerisms down to like there's just so much I don't agree with any of this crap. <laughs> <laughs> I think should have a Minnesota accent. <laughs> Can I one agree. of them have a mullet? I think so. I agree. Well, I think you guys touched on two points of what is, like, how you talk about his perplexity and the complexity of his situations is that is first and foremost in scenes that often present humor. Because a part of the, a lot of the humor that came out of this one is, oh, it's a fish out of water story. Something that I didn't actually anticipate, even though the trailer's really made that clear even the first episode did, but I'm like, oh, wait a minute. Yeah, this is like the break in act two, fun and games. This is the fish out of water tale here. And even in the scene with Arthur, when he's at his like little, all the zealots and stuff, the humor that comes through there does not feel like primary. Mm. It doesn't feel like, who talks first? Do I talk first? Star Wars Oscar uh, Isaac. Uh, Doesn't feel like where this joke come from, right? And <laughs> like we're, we're gonna need the funny. Now. Yeah. They fly now. <laughs> Classic Oscar Isaac. Super cut. But how stuff. good the script is is a testament to them getting Oscar Isaac back because yeah. it was like uh, you guys screwed me with this in the same studio in the same thing. So I see why he signed on for this because we all talked like I can't believe he's back to doing franchise anything with Disney. And yeah. This is the opposite. They're letting him go. Well, I think the way they do work with the humor and I think what they've done narratively with Mark Spector because. John, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm listening. Sorry, I, I, I need to I'm to here to check you. Don't worry. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. In, in the Moon Knight comics, uh -huh. yeah. it's usually Mark Spector is the protagonist that you're following. Yes, that right? is, you are correct oh, in assuming thank God, that. I yeah. only... Your reputation I, is I, intact. I, I, I only read a sentence and I tried to retain it. And the sentence was Mark Spector. The sentence was... <laughs> No, no. As far as he got. No, so, well, <laughs> this really would have been like a swan. Gotham City. That's when I realized I was reading a different company. Yeah. What a strange thing. Yeah. No, what I'm saying is that what you were talking about with Mark Spector of like, you feel like he's not really a good guy and they're leaning into that. They've mm -hmm. done this cool narrative trick where they switch the perspectives. They switch to the primary person is you're going to be following the protagonist, so to speak. And they're doing that thing with the supporting character, Mark Spector, mm -hmm. where he is like the tough guy asshole, but you know there's a good guy under that. <laughs> yeah, we'll and, uncover him next, yeah, we'll next uncover week him. on Moon Knight. And he is slowly going to be showing that because he's like the closed off, like the Wolverine brutish, Batman-ish uh, kind of guy. 
but you know he has the quote unquote save the cat quality about <laughs> him because he literally saves our protagonist. Stephen <laughs> yeah. the cat. Yeah, yeah. Stephen's the cat. He's like saving our protagonist and also maybe through these experiences. I was asking like, what will the arc of this show be? And as I'm watching this, it's like, okay, it looks like Mark is gonna have to learn to be a bit more vulnerable, <laughs> and Stephen is gonna have to learn to quit being such a a wimp in a lot of situations, you know? And like, he's not a wimp, but he's learning to stand up for himself, to fight back, you know? And, and I think that's what makes you root for him so much. And I do like the idea of having one character have to go two different directions in his own arc. I like they the learn from each other. Yeah, they they're literally gonna, they're gonna learn to... from each other, yeah. And then in the third act, the... we get a cabbie. They're gonna learn the best of both worlds, and you know what they're gonna do? They're gonna stand in front of a clean, clean unbroken, unbroken mirror. mirror. It's just gonna be a one great big mirror, not ceiling. a crack yep. in there. Beautiful yeah. lighting. It's gonna be a Amazing. Very excited for him to accept himself. And then Layla is totally Karen Allen. What's her name? Yeah. Oh. From oh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John, you're Marian, the comics. Marion. <laughs> you're the Indiana Jones Marian comics. Davies. <laughs> Or Marion Crane. Marion Crane, yeah. that's what it is. Marian she Davies has a Rachel Weiss actress. look about her, which is funny. You mentioned the mummy. Like, she's got that, like, badass well, Rachel Well, Weiss I thought what was smart is that she actually kind of looks like the person Stephen was going to take on a, out on a date with. Yes, yeah. that was clever. I thought it was I like her that. at first. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he's got a type, even though he doesn't know his subconscious has a type. Like, he literally has other yeah. side. Both of them like this type of... Well, it seems like Mark... Here's, here's what I'm getting from the relationship. Mark is an asshole. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Now, Mark is an asshole. An and, and it seems like the Steven personality is all derived from the good that he sees within Layla. Oh, yeah. And I mean, if you're looking at, like, his, oh, all the French poems, like, Mark, you don't like that shit. You don't you're, read this flowery crap. always watching football and, and cleaning your gut, picking your butt. You know, that's what you're doing all the time. <laughs> I, I, that's a really good note. I like the French, uh, where he, he's trying to form this this positive self, perhaps. The as, hieroglyphics, the obsession yeah. with the Egyptian stuff. I like that. It's a good note. Yeah. I don't think it's a note. I think it's right there. Well, it's excuse me. It's a not mirror it so of clearly. the things he loves. And right. Conchu is going to be like, On my planet, I am considered an idiot. You. When they were talking about him and that, I, I thought his voice hey, was going to pop in. Sometimes Tom Hardy does a little side work for... Steve. Stevens. <laughs> yes. I, we I, need I, brains, Mark. Well, I think it was so cool how how uh, Arthur Harrow knew so much about what was going on. I loved how he was doing like a play-by-play -play too of what was happening. Like what Conchie was probably saying, like this is all predictable. Mm -hmm. You don't need to trust him. I know better. But it seems like they've really established that. This guy has no interest in serving some higher god. He, yeah, I like he him working that god. fool by himself, and that showed yeah. us like, hey, he's not in it for actually, even in his mind, the selfless reasons. Like he wants to be the judge. Although I did like it a little bit more when he was doing it for to serve. Like, I like the idea of like two gods battling it out. Like I two, think we'll two still belief get there. systems. I, th I think that I, I'm waiting to see how they'll elaborate on that note because yeah, that that last beat where it's clear like oh no, like there's something interesting about having him be you know as he is a presented, servant, yeah. The, yeah, servant, a leader, somebody who is compassionate for the people that he at least has uh, seen to be worthy and good and blah blah. But then yeah, to see that moment pass in this you know this homeless guy who didn't deserve to be wasted. You know, know, and, know and he didn't even well and he but he but, doesn't yeah. even do the, <laughs> did not weigh him doesn't not, weigh yeah. him on the scales man and so yeah that's like an 
overtly villainous deed. And you, so you don't now, see the compassion, and the compassion was interesting. Yeah, and that's, that's the one thing that I am curious to see go forward as I was sitting here admiring this, going, wow, I, I especially when he does the play-by-play, -play, I'm like, oh, this is a nice subversion, because, you know, they're already at odds, but to have him be like, no, no, no I know what you're going through, and, and I can also make this seem even more like a psychosis you're experiencing or something. And that, also being a former Moon Knight. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was quite compelling, and, you know, I'm sure that will still hold in the dynamics when he meets with Stephen and, and Mark and all that, but yeah, having that extra look behind the curtain of what the rest of the characters don't really know yet is, yeah, I'm curious to see if they'll still be able to keep the character of Arthur feeling as rich and interesting as a villain, or if he will sort of start to slope into, you know, ah, I just want to be a god, you know? Can't wait for Midnight Suns. I mean, this there's so much Ghost Rider that like pulls from this kind of mythology that this like, because of this you can get Ghost Rider to feel very natural in the MCU. As much as this is removed from the MCU, it really allows for an entire new corner like Guardians did. Hey, yeah. like Conchu's head on fire, you're halfway there. There it is, boom. Feige's, you're like my skull's on fire, but I'm good. Feige's trying to you know get that Marvel R-rated supernatural door open. I it, it worked this there week. We like, got... Let's just not acknowledge the MCU in this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it ever will. Like if we get to episode six and there's any like how baller He's would the that leader be? of the like, Avengers. That's, that's what would make it more rewarding when he does cross over with someone. Yeah. That because of the fact that none of it was ever mentioned before. And in the books, like whenever he's there, it's like, oh shit's getting real moon nights here. There's been times so... he's teamed up. But that was all in his head. They, right. He didn't team up with anyone. Yeah. So it's is gonna... that right, John? <laughs> you are doing so well. Don't even sweat it. Greg. That was the second sentence. <laughs> and then Moon Knight wasn't with Avengers. But it would be so cool. Whole book. It, it would be so cool to have a character who you never know when they'll show up in the greater universe, and when they do, it does come with that like, oh dang. Yeah. Stuff. Like there's a, a tone shift outfit, happening. Like a bright than... like. It's very presentation. I think these yeah. are two of the best outfits I've ever seen in Marvel. Mm-hmm. The Mr. Knight and the Moon Knight? I think they're both phenomenal. Yeah, and I love the cape, and I, I can see where it's sometimes CGI, but it really makes the imagery of a cape sing, and it's not easy to have a cape. Like, in, in, yeah. a, in, a, in a universe that's grounded, it's a cape. I mean, there's shots where it's definitely practical. But, no, yeah, but it's but but like running know, on rooftops and stuff in so, London. You know, it's definitely CGI. It's just cool to get like the CGI. You know, parts of it feel like a little bit of American Werewolf in London too. Mm, I like that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Good call. There's a lot of things here. Your friends gonna watch this? I feel like we said a lot of good things. Hey, we like your your work, and they have can those you, things. Show them? I'm yeah. sure they have plenty of time to watch yeah, this. Twenty three. And good like, job on good time and uncut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, guys. Yeah. Remember that time? The reason Robert Pattinson is the Batman. You did this. Matt Reeves saw your movies. In real life, watch Spring in the Endless. Justin Turner, incredible. Oh, the ones by the Safdie brothers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brothers made spring so yeah, the Safety brothers so are known good. for their Lovecraftian energy. Yeah, yeah. That literally dark energy, that weird <laughs> yeah, sci-fi Safety. Absolutely. Yeah. So they're gonna watch this? The sci-fi Safties. Just tell them to watch the review. I've said a lot of positive things. Just about to make sure they see this part, though. That you asked. I can make a, to, a cut down of just what I said. Just praise. You want. We're not even here. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make sure they know that you read this. Drop it on my face. Just <laughs> you praising <laughs> them and their work with Robert Pattinson. I'm make, <laughs> just making sure they know. I'm going to my own supercut of, of just people checking with me to make sure the comic book references just are on point yeah. so that I can remember this one day. <laughs> Send that to everyone yeah. in town that you are the comic book this, expert. This will be my new Schmodown free for all. It's the one day, <laughs> the one time. Rose to the occasion. Oh, you've been God. right.
Alright guys, alright. done. Don't show your friends this part of the video. Please Tell them when just... it gets to 24 minutes to fast forward. And <laughs> enough so, two well, times speed. Once you hit 24 minutes, yeah. make sure to fast forward a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> We're done. <laughs> three. Another. No, no, no. We'll we'll look very different next time you see us. I'll have a beard. It's it's you, you better beard. now. It's on okay. it's on it's on the Patchy. record. <laughs> what would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? <laughs> Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would I shop? Would I shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom and dad. My mom and my dad. From Airship, the studio behind American Scandal, comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts, or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.